morning, everybody. It's good to be here. Uh, first off, just want to say thank you to our incredible pastors for allowing me to be up here, allowing me to speak what's in my heart and speak about something that's um, maybe a little bit different. Uh, this is something that happened to me not too long ago, and I want to preface this whole thing by saying there's a lot of things that happen in the world that I can't explain. There's a lot of things that happen once I've stepped into this life of faith that I really can't explain. And so there's some things that I'm, we're going to talk about today that deal on this topic here, hearing God through the noise. Now, the thing here is that the backstory on this and why I feel like this is a message to share is not too long ago, say about maybe a month, month and a half ago, I was going through this time where I felt like all these things were happening in my life and I had grown accustomed to bouncing them off God and saying, God, what do you think about this? God, what do you think about for business? What do we do here? What do I do about my kids? What do I do about my wife? What do I do about all these things? And I, all I was getting back was radio silence. And so I was at this point in my life where I was like, God, I'm used to hearing from you. I'm used to like feeling confident in the, in the way that I should go. And at this moment, I heard nothing. And so maybe uh, many of you in here today might have gone through a season like that or might be going through a season like that now where you're asking these questions and you're hoping for answers, but you've, you're getting nothing. And so I, it prompted me to ask, to ask this, why don't we hear? And what happened here is I started thinking about all the reasons that our life is crafted around us to pull our attention from everything but God, right? So uh, a little backstory on me, I grew up, my, my, most of my professional career is in marketing, advertisement, graphic design, web design, all these things, and all of these are built around pretty much the core topic of how do I take somebody's attention and pull it over here? And so through this process, I've been able to know and understand the intricacies of social media, websites, um, graphics, and how they're all psychologically and physiologically designed to grab your attention. A lot of you guys in here right now probably have had your phone go off at least a dozen times. You've checked it, looked at it, Pastor Chris was talking about a kid, you look up, what happened? I'm not sure move on to the next thing, right? Probably since the time that I got up here, I bet you get, there's at least a dozen of you that have tuned out. You're like, eh, whatever, I'm out, <laughs> right? And so constantly our devices and everything in our life is trying to take us in whatever direction that the creator of it designed, right? And so you look at things like social media, right? You have, that's the easiest one to look at, and you guys all know that it's pulling all of your, it's pulling all of your data, it's pulling everything from your life. It knows exactly when you're in the mood to shop for something. When you start talking about something, this is a real thing, by the way. There is a real program that works through this. We just got done setting this, or uh, thinking about setting this up for a business. We're not going to, because I don't like it. But the social listening, is real, right? What happens is your phone is here. I'm talking with Pastor Chris. His phone is there. We're having a conversation about jackets. 
He goes away, I go away, he pulls up his social media, bang, the jacket we've been talking about, there, right? That is not a coincidence. That is not, like, don't let, don't let people lie to you. That's not a coincidence. That doesn't happen by mistake. It is designed like that, right? And so what happens is we're going throughout our day and we're trying to accomplish X. We're trying to get done Y. But along the way, I've got all of these things going off. I've got my phone going off, my, or, my, or my watch, my phone, my computer, and I'm as techie as it gets, so I get as many messages as anybody on planet earth and so what we find is that it is incredibly difficult to hear anything let alone the whisper of god and so in this time that i was describing about not hearing from god and desiring to hear from him i uh, we've got uh, we've got th- two kids two and a half kids we got a three-year-old a one and a half year old and then one about to be on its way and so at this time I wasn't sleeping because you know that's what happens and I was just asking God and I was saying God I just want to hear from you please and I got to a point where I was like God like come on you know I felt like David if you ever uh, read through Psalms you'll see lots of past uh, lots of passages where David's calling out to God and saying God where are you God, where are you? I don't hear from you. All I want to do is check this on you and say, is this the way I'm supposed to go? And that's where I was, where I was just trying to get God's opinion on stuff. And I said, God, please, I just want to hear you. I want to know, I want to know what, what to do. And, I was, and on top of that, I was like, God, why am I not sleeping? I, like, like, the, like when the kids were asleep, I'm like, I, I can't fall asleep. You know, like, like any time that I had the ability to sleep, I couldn't. And I was like, God, why am I not sleeping? And so I went to bed that night, and let me preface this again. I, there's some things that I cannot explain, and I'm not going to attempt to, okay? So, but what I want to do is I want to be a real church. I want to talk about real things. I want you to know about, I don't want to be like the, 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 the seeker-friendly, happy church that's like, I'm going to tell you everything that sounds good. I'm going to tell you everything that your life could be when you follow Jesus. Although those things are real, I want you to know that there are also some things that you don't understand. There's also some things that are happening that I can't understand. There's also some things that are not meant for you to know at this moment. And so... I go to bed that night, and I fall asleep. I wake up, and I remember being awake. I swear I was awake. And I audibly heard the voice of God. And this had never happened to me in my life. And I still can't explain it. I don't understand it. But I know it happens. There's lots of people throughout history that have described things that happen like this. But I I got to this point, and I was like, I'm hearing God's voice. And here's what he said. He responded. He says, the devil wants you to hear everything in this world. Simple statement. Simple statement. And then he goes on, right after this, and says, the reason you don't sleep is because you don't listen to me. And I was like, oh, dang, I'm the pastor. My goodness, right? And so I, I'm, I'm at, I, I, immediate, I immediately feel like I'm jolted up, like out of a dreamlike state, but I swear I'm awake, and I immediately see three, three sets of numbers in front of me, 888-888, right, confused by it. I immediately write everything down, uh, everything that was said, because I knew I was going to forget it, 
And I run to my Bible, and the first thing I'm drawn to, I open it, and, I'm like, and it says, Luke, the eighth chapter, and the eighth verse. And it's talking about a parable. And what I want, what I want you to glean from this is that this is a whole section here, but the part that God brought me to was really interesting. And so I'm going to read you the entirety of the passage before where God had directed my eyes. And I want you to read it and understand the context of it, and then I'll show you where, where, he, where he pointed me. Okay? So if you, if you look at this passage out of Luke, it's Luke, the eighth chapter, starts in verse five. And it's a parable. Jesus is always talking in parables because what he wants to do is he's trying to teach people who are unaware of the intricacies of faith, of the spiritual world, and everything that comes in it. And so he puts it into a parable form, a short story, a story that uh, it, it, it kind of sh shows people who wouldn't necessarily be in faith to and sh helps them understand what's going on. And so he starts here and he says, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. He goes on to say, some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because it had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. And this is where God brought me. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And that was the first thing that I opened my, my Bible up to. And I said, all right, I'm hearing you. And I'm, I'm hearing you. But I'm like, what's it mean? <laughs> and so what's nice about this passage is Jesus actually explains it, uh, which is not always in, in everything that you read, right? There's a, a lot of time you have to understand context. You've got to understand what's happening in uh, this place at this time. Who's he speaking to? What's the tone of voice here? What, what's going on? What is this referring to in the Old Testament, the New Testament, things like that? But this one's kind of nice. He says exactly what it is. He says, this is the meaning of the parable. Okay? The seed is the word of God. Okay? So, so basically everything that you would have spoken to, everything that's decreed within the Bible. Right? The seed, or I'm sorry, those along the path are the ones who hear. Okay? And this is, this is where I need your participation, to think about which one are you on this story? Which person do you identify with? And a lot of you guys are in differing forms of your faith. If you're like me when I first came in, you know nothing. You didn't like God, didn't want to be in church, didn't know anything about it. And so you might be in that state. You might be here questioning everything. And you can identify with one of these people. So it says, those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart. So that they may not believe and be saved. He says, the next group of people, those on rocky ground, are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it. But, when, but they have no root. Pay attention here. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, 
they fall away. Now, the interesting here, thing here is uh, James spoke about this not too long ago, about the testing of Jesus, about the trials of it, about him being saved, about the Holy Spirit falling and descending upon him like a dove, and then the Holy Spirit leads him into what's called the wilderness. And this is a, this is a, this is a reflection of what's happened in the Old Testament. Something need to think about here is that the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. It's the same general principles played out in different ways. So it's not two, it's not many different books pushed together. It's one complete work of God created and crafted for you to spell out everything that you need to know. And so he's and so in this testing, you will find that it is not Pastor Chris talked on this a long time ago. He says that the wilderness is not a place, a bad place, but it is a necessary place. It is a place where you need to be tested. Deuteronomy talks about this clearly. Moses is speaking to the Israelites as they're exiting uh, Egypt, and he says, you had to go through the wilderness so that you could be test tested, so that God could know what was in your heart. And so you see this verse here. It says that they hear it, but they have no root. They have no system. They have not built their life on the principles of God's word. They have not built their life on the principles that are laid out within the Bible. And so although they might come into church, get that little hit once in a while, and feel great when the something happens at work or something happens in their family, they fall away. It is a time of testing, and it is not a testing of the enemy many times, it is a testing of God. To say, I have put this calling in your life, I have put this word on your lips, and I have called you and asked you to move this forward in this world so more people can be saved and more people might know my name. But at a time that was inconvenient for you, you stepped away. And so you, you leave the church, somebody offended you, you walked away, you took off, you went to another church and another church and another church, or you went to a, uh, from one relationship to another relationship. This man doesn't satisfy my needs, I'm gonna go to another one. This woman didn't do exactly what I need, I'm gonna find another one. This marriage isn't working for me, I'm gonna find another one, right? And so you see this and you hear this and you have this time of testing, but yet you choose to fall away. He says the next one, the seed that fell among the thorns. It stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. Pastor Chris talked on this earlier today. He says if you have, if you have a whole bunch of kids in, in your life, what's the easiest thing to do to distract you from leading them to be the people that God has called them to be? To make you worried to make you think about being rich, needing money, having all the pleasures of your life. These are the things that keep you away from being mature. And so he, says, he goes on to say, but the seed who fell on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart. Understand here, because we're going to touch on this in a second. A noble and good heart. Remember that. Who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, 
produce a crop. We read about this all throughout James. James talks about, especially in the second chapter, uh, that you consider it pure joy anytime you have a trial or tribulation because going through that trial produces perseverance and by producing perseverance, it, perver it creates a perfect work in you. It says that you become whole, that you become complete, right? So it's saying not that bad things are unnecessary in something that you have to get through, but that bad things are actually desirable and needed for you to become who you need to be. And so many of you in here today might be going through a time of trial, a time of testing, a time of worry, a time of trying to grind it out from morning till dusk, trying to figure out how do I make ends meet? How do I get my paycheck to last? How do I get my kids to listen to me? How do I get my wife to uh, listen to everything I say? How do I get my husband to do what I want? To, how do I get my work to supply all my needs? These are the things that you worry about. These are the things that you think about when you're not hearing from God. And so, what I want you to know here is that I'm not saying that I'm this one. I'm saying that I'm every other one. I'm saying that a person who is called to be a pastor isn't necessarily always Luke 8.8. 8. And so what I want you to know through this and through my hearing is that we need to understand what God has said to me this piece right here the devil wants you to hear everything in this world and the reason you don't sleep is because you don't listen to me right and so I want to ask you today what is pulling your attention what is taking you from where you know that God wants to take you and what is taking away your ability to hear I want you to think about this as you go throughout your day, as you go throughout this week, as you go throughout your month, as you go throughout your relationships, as you go throughout leading your children. Am I listening to God? Or am I listening to everything that the devil wants me to hear? It's really easy. Like just right now, I hear the kids in the back lose my train of thought incredibly easy there's a there's there's an interesting thing here that i was reading the other day is that uh in 2005 there's a study done on the ability for people to remain at attention and it says that in 2005 the ad the average adult human could pay attention for 12 seconds at a time in 2010 that number had dropped to eight seconds now it is it is thought to be less than five. Now, let me really mess you up, is that the average attention span of a goldfish is six. <laughs> so congratulations, you're less than a goldfish. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily the, the, the most awful thing, but you have to understand that as a society, our minds are changing our ability to focus is different. And it all stems from everything we know, everything that's coming into us. And it's only getting worse, right? Um, I talk, I talk in, uh, to everybody that, uh, that we work with about ChatGPT. Has anybody heard of it? Hands? No? 
a couple people. So what ChatGPT is, is uh, uh, artificial intelligence. It's basically the beginning of it, and it's a very advanced thing. And what it does is it searches the web, creates its own pretty much brain, although they won't tell you that, and it will answer anything you need to tell it. So say you need to create a 10,000 word document about X, Y, and Z. It needs to be one, th uh, you know, it needs to be about uh, this. It needs to be written in the, in the, in the form of Benjamin Franklin. In 30 seconds, you will have that. You will have exactly what you ask. And um, like, an, like an interesting study that just happened is that, uh, um, that at the school Carnegie Mellon, they had some grad students recent, recently use ChatGPT to uh, hack into Wi-Fi to use it as a way to uh, know where you are standing within the building of your home. So it basically sees through walls through the use of artificial intelligence and radar. And so I tell that to you, not to get you off track, not to get you off topic, uh, but to inform you that this isn't going to get better. Your brain is going to get more divided. You're going to be pulled in more directions than ever in the coming future. And so it says within one of these passages, you see this, bam, oh, boom, you see that they are choked by life's worries, right? Um, and then you see before that, it see, you see that they have no root, okay? So what, what you need to understand here is that all this attention dividing, all these things that are garnering for your, for your eyes and your ears, if you don't have a root system, if you are not rooted in the principles of God, if you're not rooted in the principles that are laid out in the Bible, you will struggle with this. Your eyes and your ears will always go in a different direction. So I heard this recently is that uh, what, what a lot of people build their life on is methods. There's always a method. Right? There's, you, you know, there's, there's a, the four-hour work week, the three-hour work week, the two-hour work week. There's, there's five ways to, to get your kids to listen, 10 ways to do this, 13 ways to do that. There's always a method. And you notice that these things are always fleeting, that they are always hot for a second, and then they fall out to another five, five steps, four steps, three steps. And it's because that they are methods and not principles. You build your life on methods once a, once a principle comes up that uproots that, that says that's not the way to do it, everything falls apart. But when you live your life in a way that is founded on principles that are found in the Bible that say this is exactly how to live your life and you build your methods accordingly to fit into that principle system, everything will remain. But when you live outside of that, when you live inverted, when you live in method mindset instead of principle mindset, what happens is you will come into a season of testing and everyone, everything will fall apart. You saw that greatly during COVID. You found that a lot of people built their method on the attendance of church that they check the box of going to church as being with God, as hearing from God. And so when the time of testing came, they had no root, they had no principles. And so the principle wasn't strong enough to hold them through a time of And so a lot of people in here just now said, ah, I'm convicted. 
But I, I tell that to you not to say, oh, where are you at? Why are you not at church? I tell you that because as somebody who has spent their entire life up until five years ago outside of the church and then from the last five years forward have missed maybe three, four days ever, events ever, I tell you that not to say, how, look how good I am at attending. That is not that's not the thing that I'm trying to tell you here is I'm telling you there is a drastic difference between the joy excitement and love for life that I have between the first set of my life the first 25 years and the last five. So if you're in this room today and you say, I feel no joy, I have no compassion, I am, not, I am worried about everything, I don't sleep, I'm worried about my finances, if you're in that section there, it's because your principles aren't built. It's because you're living on the methods of life, the methods of the world, the methods that the devil says you should be applying to, and you're not building your life on the principles of God, saying, you don't need to go to church, you need to come to me. If, and if you're able to do that at this building, show up. If that's where God lives, show up. If you have a pastor over the top of you that is covering you, protecting you, keeping you safe, praying over you, believing for you, that is your home. That is your place. That is where you need to be. And you need to get there and build your life accordingly. So you see, when I first came into church, Sunday was a thing that I... I relegated to if I have time, if I'm available. If Saturday night wasn't too long and I didn't hang out with the boys too, too much, I will come on a Sunday. Now I build my life around Sunday. I say my week starts on Sunday. It doesn't start on Monday. And so through this time, you learn that if you order your life appropriately, you will find that you are not the seed that fell with no root you are in fact this this <laughs> you are no this <laughs> you are this tech guy bad tech skills you are the seed that fell on good soil that you have a good heart you hear the word you retain it and by persevering, meaning that you went through hard times, you struggled, you, you went through this, you, you brought your kids out of X, you brought your family out of Y, you had all these things happen around you, you had a loved one pass, you had all these things happen to you, but by persevering, you're a better person now than you were before. You're a more complete person than you are before. Now, what I want you to know is that Persevering to produce a crop is not something for you, okay? You might think in the interim when you're doing this that I need to persevere so that I can be a complete person. You don't need to persevere so you can be a complete person. You need to persevere to be a complete person for everyone around you so that when your kids are growing up, you can be the right father, the right mother, have the right things to say, do the right things, that when no one's looking, they know you're doing the right thing. And so, you need to realize that everything that happens to you is not for you. Every, like, I, I, always, I always find this when we're discipling younger, younger kids or people that are newer to faith, is that the, the, the persevering part, they're like, oh, this, you know, this is, you told me this is going to be good for me. I'm like, no, it's not really good for you. It's terrible. A lot of things that happen to you are terrible. 
Like, I, would, I wouldn't wish a lot of the things that happen to us when we start into this walk of faith and persevering through stuff, I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. But what happens is you become a perfect work. You, beco- you, become, you, become, you become Paul from Saul. You were one thing, become a new thing, and through that new thing, you become a blessing to everyone around you. You become a better father. You become a better mother. You become a better child. You become a better leader. You become a better business person. Everything that you touch turns to gold. You are the biblical version of Midas. Every, everything around you is a blessing. Everything around you grows. If, if, you, if, you, if you're in or if you're a farmer, if you're anybody within this trade or even thought about growing tomatoes in your windowsill, you, you know that when you're in good soil and the thing is being watered and it's growing, that it's healthy. But when it's dying, it means something's wrong. Everything's messed up. And you have to think about that. And so I wanted to, for my own purposes out of this, because when I heard from God audibly, I was still very like, what's happening? I don't understand this. Did that really just happen? Was that my imagination? Was that a dream? What's going on? And so I went to study. I went to work on this. I went to find out, God, what, it, what are you really saying to me? Is that, is that you? Is that you speaking? And, I, and I, I've had tons of confirmation. And so I look throughout the Bible. I look throughout uh, my day. I keep, oh, I, like, I do this all the time. I, in the morning, I, I, the time that I read my Bible, I throw it down. My goodness, does it land on a lot of eights. My goodness, does it land on a lot of hearing from God. My goodness, does it land on a lot of those things. Now, is that the most, I don't know, uh, biblical way to study the Bible? No. I'm telling you, maybe that's not the best thing to do, but I'm telling you what has happened in my life. I want to be as real with you as possible. Like, I don't, I don't just sit and read 30 scriptures a day as a pastor. Sometimes I open the Bible, I got two kids hugging onto my legs, and I'm just trying to survive, and I get one in, right? But that one, my goodness, that is a word from God. And so recently, it's been happening to me a lot that those things have been lining up with eights, lining up with hearing, and so I have my confirmation. And so what I wanted to do was take what I had just acquired, what I had just learned, and I wanted to explain it to everyone here and everyone watching that they could know what do I need to do if I live in this life right now where I feel dry, where I feel like I haven't heard from God, or I'm new to faith, and I would like to see what is this faith thing about? What is truth like? What is prayer like? What, what do all these things mean? What are, the, what are the hidden secrets that God has for me? Right, And so I wanted to spell that out in an easy-to-follow way based on my very limited research. <laughs> so, how to start listening, okay? Number one, this is turn your ear towards wisdom. Okay, now, that might sound weird, right? You're like, what, is that, what does that mean? How do I, how do I turn my ear to something that doesn't speak necessarily. Okay? What I'm trying to get here is turn your ear towards wisdom. And you have to understand the definition here of wisdom. If you look at the beginning of Proverbs, it spells out that the beginning of wisdom, I'm not saying the completeness, but the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. 
And you need to understand this, that the fear of the Lord is like, ah, God, I'm afraid that you're going to smite me. No, the fear of the Lord is fear in the way, in the best way I can describe is that growing up, I had many coaches in my athletic career. I had one coach in particular that was a hard driver, somebody that yelled and screamed and got us to get up and do what he was asking us to do, and he accomplished a good amount. And then in later years in college, I met a coach who had all of the same knowledge and skills, but he spoke to you in a way that encouraged you to live your life at a much higher level he saw you ultimately where you saw yourself only at the present moment and so the difference between these two is in one hand the coach that was a screamer and a yeller I followed and feared him out of what could happen either I would run or I would have to do push-ups or whatever and then on the other hand I had fear of this coach for letting him down for letting him not be right about his assumptions about my potential. And so that's what you need to know here is that the fear of the Lord is not I'm afraid of God, it is I am afraid to let you down. I have seen and heard everything that you had planned out in my life. You knew me before I was in, in, even in my mother's womb. You had crafted and created me. You knew every single hair on my head. And, and you know what I am able to do and not able to do. And I fear that if I don't align myself with your principles and your ways and your wisdom, that I will let you down and not become what you crafted me to become. And I will have to deal with the repercussions of all of the people that I didn't help, all of the people that didn't get to receive what I have received, that I didn't bring along my family, that I didn't raise up my children, that is the fear that I talk about. And once you can attain that bit of fear, it says that is the beginning of wisdom. Next, I told you to remember that scripture about the heart. It says, apply your heart to understanding. And so I want, I want you to read this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Submit to him and he will make your path straight. I need you to understand that. I need you to know that. I need you to realize how many times the heart is spoken about within the Bible. That if you want to have understanding, if you want to apply your heart towards understanding, you need to realize that you don't know everything, that you can't know everything, that you cannot understand everything that God has crafted and created you to do. I, I bring up this, this example. The other day, I'm in the office. Uh, we've got a few computers set up in there, and my kids are running around on the floor, and all of a sudden, I hear this, bang, this big bang. And I was like, oh no, what was that? And I look over, and Bray, our, th our three-year-old, is screaming, crying. And I'm like, oh no, what happened? And I look over, he had jammed a phone cord into a light socket, which was connected to another computer. The computer blew up. Luckily, Bray was okay. But at that moment, I was so worried. But then afterwards, I realized, I realized the frustration of God. Because many times, I have talked to Bray about not touching electrical outlets, not going near them, not putting anything in them, always talking to mom, asking dad, if you need to use the power, ask us. 
right? But the way that I did it was always in a way that I think God does it. I saw him going to the outlet, and I'd be like, Bray, no. Bray, no. Bray, no. Bray, no. No. Luca, no. Right? And I do that all day long. What I failed to realize is that I have understanding that is far greater than their understanding. They have not seen or understood what is going on within an electrical outlet. And so I was like, revelation, my goodness, God, I'm sorry. Because he's wanting us to believe that he is everything that we need, that every understanding that he has, we should follow. So when God says no, when I'm looking at a new, uh, when I'm looking at a new job opportunity, and I apply, and it's the perfect job for me, and everything's right, and I get a no. I need to live it a life where I understand God more than I understand this world. I understand that this no, even though it hurts me because I don't see ultimately what's on the other side of this job, when God says no, I need to have the understanding that God, I don't understand it, but you do. I will trust you, I will believe you, and I will walk away. And I think that's a, a lot of times what we do in life, is we're, especially in American culture, where you're taught to grind and force through things and persevere and just put your face through a brick wall to get it done. And I believe, and I believed in that. I believe in hard work. I believe in working really hard. I believe in outworking every person in the room. I believe in that, like with all my heart and soul. But to a point, God, if this isn't for me, don't let me go. God, if this door is closed by you, don't let me open it. And so I want you to get to that point. So we've got one, turn your ear towards wisdom. Apply your heart towards understanding. And number three, call out for it. It says, ask and you will hear. Knock and I will answer. I need you to be more bold. A lot of times we as Christians feel inadequate to talk to God, unable to speak to him, unable to say, God, I am not that good. God, I am not doing well. God, I just messed up. Help. I'm calling out for you. It is your one source, your one place where you can be completely transparent. And what bothers me about what the enemy has done to most churches, ways of belief, is that they've taught you and instilled in you that you have to be perfect in order to come to God. That you need to live that Old Testament style where you gotta be, you gotta have holy water on you, you gotta have the robes, you gotta have the bells, you gotta have the veil, and you gotta have everything going right, the incense, the smoke, everything billowing. You gotta have all these things to say, God, here's all my sins, but no. <laughs> That's been taken care of for you. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. It doesn't matter. So what you need to do now is you need to say, God, you accept me in all my impurities. I want to be better. Make me free from this. Take me away from drinking. Take me away from drugs. Take me away from being a poor father or a poor mother. Take me away from having frustration on things that I wish I didn't have. Take me away from a life of, of using, a life of being on the streets, a life of being a bad boyfriend, a bad girlfriend, a bad husband, a bad wife. Take me away from all these things, God, because I hand it over to you. 
I'm calling out. I'm saying, God, speak to me in this time. I believe very much that the pace of our life is moving so fast and it's only getting faster. And I believe that everything that is transpiring in this world is trying to point us to Jesus. It's trying to reconnect us with God. And yet here we are in our normal American society saying, I need a bigger house. I need a bigger car. Man, these interest rates are crazy. I'll never be able to afford one. I need, I need a new wife. I need a new husband. I need, I, need to be, I need to be out of this relationship. I need to do all these things. I need to go to the club. I need to drink. I need to be cool. I need to be accepted. I got to have the coolest clothes. I got to have the freshest shoes. And what's happening is you're looking at everything else but God. You're listening for every ding of your phone. You're listening for every reaction of an, of an employee about what you said, what you did, about an email that you wrote that you said, as per my original email. You're, okay, not, not enough people work in the office world, obviously. But that, that's, like, that's, like, that's like office lingo for like the finger. Like when you're like, hey, where's that file at? As per my last email that I sent you 20 minutes ago, it's over here. <laughs> but we're worried about all these things and fitting in and being accepted by the world when it says clearly you are not to be in this world. You're made for something else. You're made for something bigger. You're made for God's calling. You're focused on the world, but it's pulling you away from God. So I'm here today to say, point your eyes toward God. Listen Point your ears towards wisdom. Set your heart in a way that it understands that you don't understand everything and that all you have to do is understand that God does. That you can rest on his promises. You can rest on his peace, his joy, his prosperity. When you align your life with the correct principles and the way that you should go, your life will be filled with, filled with abundance, joy, happiness, prosperity. You will have everything that you've asked the world to give you and did not receive, but you'll have it in a better way. I remember so long ago saying, God, I wish I had this. God, I wish I had that. God, if I just had this much, if I just had that, if I just had her, if I just had anything along these lines, and I didn't get any of them. And I remember feeling so sad and dejected. And then once my life transitioned, once I put my life in a way where the principles aligned, where everything was right with God, not saying that I'm perfect, but that my principles were perfect because they were built on the right things, that's when I saw prosperity. That's when I saw joy. That's when I found peace. I remember, I remember going to the hospital almost three, four times a year, thinking that I was dying. I remember just laying in there and saying, God, like, I, this was before God, so I was like, Hey, anybody? <laughs> and I just remember laying there thinking I was having heart attacks. And every single time the doctor would be like, no, you just have anxiety. And I'm like, no, that's what like weak people get. Weak, weak people have anxiety. 
But what I realized after, after my wife came into my life, introduced faith to me, I understood this walk, and once I got into that and I aligned my life with the principles of God, that anxiety fell, that anxiety went away. Because you know why? Because I wasn't focusing on things that weren't, inter- weren't eternal. I was focused on things that were of God, the things that were forever, the things that are golden principles. Once we had that, everything fell into place. Now, I'm not saying that all of this thing is going to fix all your problems. The hearing from God is going to be like the answer to everything. I'm just saying that it will bring you on the right path. He said it will direct your feet, right? And so if you feel like your feet are on the wrong path, if you're going in the wrong direction, I encourage you guys, listen to God through the noise. Now, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up, uh, but what we'll do is we will allow a time, if you're, if you're in this room and you feel like you need help on this, because I remember when I was first in faith, I, I didn't know how to pray or I didn't know that I was allowed to pray or anything along those lines. Um, and I know it can be scary. I know it can be worrying. Um, but if you need prayer, if you feel like you need guidance in this, come up here. Um, I'll pray for you. Pastor Chris will pray for you. Pastor Didi, Pastor Jasmine, uh, Pastor Steve, Pastor Jesus. Uh, we'll all be up here if you want. Um, but if, if you want prayer, you guys can come up and, uh, and you guys can experience that. Uh, we'll ask you kind of what, what you want, uh, what you want to hear, what you're thinking about, what's going on in your life. Um, and we'll just pray about it because uh, prayer is a phenomenally powerful thing that I think is underutilized massively. That if you can understand the power of it and feel it and really know it, it will change your life. Um, so if that's something that you want, I encourage you guys to come up here. Um, but uh, as, we, as we wrap up, um, I just want to encourage you guys that don't be, don't be a group of people that come to church once a month, twice a month, or whatever, and then just to get, just to get your high, just to get, just to get a bump, just to feel, feel a little bit of God's presence and go on your way. Submerge yourself in it. Remember what it was like when you first got baptized, when you first got saved, and there was nothing else that you wanted more than to just feel God's presence and feel his joy, feel his warmth over your life. Stand in that moment. Be committed to something that's bigger than you. Reach out to people to your left, to your right. Um, know that your life, all the, all the problems with it, all the errors, all the missteps, those are, those are things that you can give to somebody else that's younger than you, that's, that's at a different stage of life than you. You have the ability to speak into people's life. I talk to people all the time that they're like, I was an addict. I can, I can never talk to anybody about God. I, you know, I was homeless. I can never talk to anybody about prosperity. But, th- but in that moment, that was created not for you, but for somebody else. Somebody else who's living that life that believes the same things. That I'm homeless right now, and I won't be able to get out of this. I'm addicted to something right now, and I won't be able to be free. You're going to be able to step in there and say, no, it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be this way. It, doesn't, it wasn't created like that. You don't have to live this life. You don't have to live this lie. And you can be that person. But you can't be there if you're not here if you're not embedded, if you're not connected, if you're not going to a city group, if you're not with people, if you're not doing these things, it's tough to live that life. 
So that's up to you, whatever you guys want to do. But I'm just saying from my side of things, life is good. When you are connected, when your principles are right, and your ears are always up. But um, I thank you guys. Um, I'm going to pray real quick as we exit. And then if you guys want to come up for prayer, uh, you guys are more than welcome. God, we just thank you for today. Thank you for this moment. We thank you for this word. God, I pray that every word that was spoken, that it's from your directive and not mine. That everything that's going on in this room, every heart, every emotion, every desire, that it is all routed through the principles of Jesus Christ. That it is directed and created and purposed for something in their life, for some person in their life. God, I pray that every person in this room would feel and know and hear and understand your ways so that when they go to their job, when they go to their house, they know how to be a good husband, a good wife. They understand how to live biblically. They understand that their eyes shouldn't be affixed on the things of this world, but they should be fixed on you, on your kingdom, on the things of eternity. God, I just pray that every person in here would know your peace, would feel it, would understand it, Lord, I just grant this to them. I ask you to send this in the name of Jesus, the name that is above all names. Amen. Amen.